This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Guys, on this very special holiday in the United States, I think it's a it's a time when we don't just think about our service members, which is what we do today, but we think about those who have fallen. So I think we have a very special toast on Memorial Day. Here's to those people who kept us safe all these 200-some years. Here's to the men and women doing it today. On behalf of the team at Navy Federal Credit Union and the team making podcast in Mom's Basement, very special Memorial Day. Thank you. Cheers. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's Memorial Day, a day for us to honor and remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice and service of our country. Today, let's inspire you to live your life with courage and commitment with some help from a guy who was told he was too fat to run, literally, Martinez Evans. For our TikTok Minute, we'll break down some deep thoughts on dinosaurs. In our headlines, one popular blogger says that once you reach your financial independence number, it's time to quote, stop playing. Is that a good strategy? We'll dive in. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven lifeline to stacker John, who wants to know how to handle a tricky situation with his Roth IRA. And then I'll share some holiday-themed commemorative trivia. And now, two guys who appreciate those who have served, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Hey there, stackers. Here we are working on a holiday weekend. I'm Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter, and it is Memorial Day. And man, are we going to bring the inspiration today because we hear lots of inspiring stories on days like today. And we have, we have, I think a great one, uh, sitting across the card table from me, the guy who inspires me to maybe, uh, lay off the caffeine. It's Mr. OG. How are you, man? And, and pick up the wine. Is that what, uh, what <laughs> before we start recording at eight thirty AM, pick up the wine, put he down the caffeine to get me to, Lay off the easy stuff and only reach for the hard stuff in the back of the cabinet. And Doug already knows this. OG arrived today in a particularly foul He's mood. A salty. I'm not in a foul mood. In my normal mood. Y- you know, today's the day that lots of people are out there by the grill. You know what, Doug? OG used to be one of those grill masters who shout and sw- swear at the grill all the time, but no longer. I'm a nice guy. 
No. You know why? Because he discovered that you can actually turn the meat without using your hands. That's why. What? He figured it out. How do you do it? He f- I'm so confused. <laughs> it's it's new new invention. We'll explain. Actually, you know what? We're going to send everybody on a little field trip to listen to this. This is an amazing thing. Everybody sit back. You guys ready? Check this out while I explain to Doug the miracle of utensils. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This is good stuff, Joe, but can can we get a little more time with it? Because I still haven't quite learned how I'm flipping my meat without my hands. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country and I also think about some of our active service members. Want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington, on a submarine, and my nephew Nathan is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal's insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from a site that I normally like called ESI Money. Three simple steps to wealth is the tagline. But I got a beef here, OG. Listen to this one. If you've won the game, stop playing is the name of this post. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. Interesting quote I recently ran into the blogger ESI says, if you've won the game, stop playing. It actually has a couple of iterations, similar quotes floating around the web, but the idea is the same. If you've already reached financial independence, you don't need to keep doing what you did to get there. In fact, if you do keep at it, then your financial independence could be at risk. The quote is attributed to William J. Bernstein, an author of several investment books. His thoughts are specifically related to investing in the assets accumulated on the way to hitting FI. Here's the problem. Now, most people listening to this, OG, you know, initially are like, well, wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, you won the game. You know, now lock it in. Lock in the game. Duh. But I just think how many times have you have you met people and you and I are in a spot where we've gotten to see other people's financial picture more often than the average person has. Right. And they're like, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm fine. I'm 45 years old. I 
could have a lot more that I could give, but, uh, but I think I'm done. So, uh, yeah, I might be able to optimize it a little more. I might be able to do a little better, but yeah, I just, this makes me so angry. Do you think this is coming across as like, okay, I've got my financial independence number and I can stop investing or stop doing all of the things or invest more conservatively? You said lock it in. You know, does that mean like take your $2 million and put it in the bank and just get interest? Is that, is that kind of where this is? Yeah, it says, it's, it's, it says, maybe this is a problem I have with the general fire movement. This is a long, long time coming, maybe. You don't need any more, this piece says. You simply need to protect what you have. As such, your investment philosophy should change from growth to preservation. Otherwise, a poor market event like a big drop could significantly impact your assets and result in you no longer being financially independent. Yeah, this is complete. It's crap. Baloney. I'm trying to be nice. This is the problem, OG, is that there are elements of the fire movement, and this piece, I think, illuminates more than any that are just takey. It's all about me. It's all about my goals. It's not about the fact that I have so much I could do. If, if you've proven that you can create wealth and you can do it by X age, why would you stop there? Why wouldn't you bring along your community? Why wouldn't you think bigger? Why wouldn't you think about about wealth transfer and about building a building a uh, this and 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 I don't mean to put goals in other people's head but it just seems so takey well it's worse than that it's not just that side of it which is hey you're letting off the gas and you're you're making it so that other people can't come along on this journey the other problem is if you're one market fluctuation away from ruining your retirement, ruining your, your financial independence, you're not financially independent. Right. You're like hanging on the cliff face by your fingertips going, I hope there's not a stiff breeze. I mean, that's r- completely ridiculous, especially when you are looking at, I, I guess, by all estimations, we're talking about early retirement. You know, that's the re part of fire, right? So if we're talking about early retirement, you have decades and decades and decades of rising costs. And the only thing that outpaces rising costs throughout your your life is owning companies. You cannot have enough money to offset the rising costs by having all of your money sitting in cash or preservation, whatever in the hell that's supposed to mean. Because all you're preserving is the dollar. You're not preserving the purchasing power by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, think of it this way. If you're successfully fired at 45, which I think a lot of people would say that is a, just a fantastically successful early retirement. By the time you're 70, prices will have gone up two times. The traditional-ish retirement age, you will have already experienced a doubling of, of lifestyle costs, and you'll experience it another doubling by the time you're 90 or 95, which if you're an early retiree, that means you're generally pretty healthy and you do smart things with your body as well. So you're probably not a smoker. You're probably exercising, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you have a high likelihood that if you're married, you have a partner who's going to live, one of the two of you is going to live to be over 95. So you're looking at two doubles of your lifestyle costs. Meanwhile, you're going to put your money in a place that has no chance of doubling except for over the next 100 years. You know, and your savings account at Ally at 3% is going to take 100 years to double. So I don't understand why anybody thinks that's even in the ballpark of being logical, especially if, like the author's talking about, you finally reached it, right? So you have this number in your mind, this 
phi number of, oh my God, as soon as I hit 2 million, I'm good. As soon as I hit 1.5, I'm good. As soon as I hit 3 million, I'm good. Whatever the number is. And then you hit it and you go, I made it. But I better not lose a dollar because, oh my God, then I won't make it anymore. Well, then you haven't made it. If you're so worried about one little thing happening, that's not any way to live through life either. Like, why would you want to be like so stressed out? Like, I'm retired, but I'm so stressed out, I can't actually do anything. So it sounds like you're saying if there is a number at which you could say, I'm going to quit the game, it has to incorporate or allow for some reasonable market drop or, you know, value drop in your funds where you would still be safe even after that you know, I'll say there's a market correction that happens every 11 years and it's usually, you know, X percent. Your number has to incorporate that. Is that what you're one of the things you're getting at? Well, that's true regardless of when you right. retire. Yep. Sure. Absolutely. Right. I mean, the market's going to go down one year and five by about 20 percent. So if every five years you can't withstand a minus 20, you ain't done I don't know what to tell you. You know, in the last 40 years, we've had three that are in excess of, you know, minus 45. So if you're retiring and you're 45, and in our last 45 years, you've had three minus 45s, you better be able to withstand a minus 45 every so often. And minus 20s come and go pretty routinely. And the only thing that you can do is stay invested because you can't time it. You can't decide, oh, this is the top and this is the bottom. Nobody's good at that. We've established that stake in the ground. So you have to have a plan for, I'm going to live on a reasonable income stream and have a place for my money to grow so that you can still stay retired, so that you can still stay financially independent, and for all the things you're talking about, Joe. You know, how silly is it to be super successful, have a recipe book for how to do this correctly, and then go, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to help anybody else. If you want to do that, I mean, that's fine. I don't want to, I guess I do judge your goals a little bit. I just think you have so much to offer you have so much that you could offer and to just say, yeah, I'm dropping out. I'm done. I don't know. It just, it just really rubs me the wrong way when there's, when we're leaving half the country behind and you have proven that you know how to do this and you have this ability and also the thrill that everybody I've met without exception that teaches this stuff to other people gets from seeing the light come on in somebody else's eyes to mentor somebody to do this just seems really effing takey. To say that you don't even have I'm to done. mentor somebody. You don't have to start a podcast, write a blog, create a newsletter, become a financial planner, any of that sort of stuff. Send your grandkids to college. That will change their lives. Build a generational game. Forever. You know, I mean, like how many people are graduating from school or graduating from law school with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt or medical school with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt? And yet on the other side, we're talking about there's not enough physicians. It's like, well, figure out a solution for that. You have a niece that wants to be a doctor. Figure out a way to pay for that. Help the people, the community that's around you or the things that are important to you. You don't have to start a, you know, a message board to tell everybody how to do it. I don't know if that's it. true because I feel like people in fire are like people in CrossFit. No. <laughs> Who no, hardcore well, fire people have to do a podcast. Well, I think you're talking about the hardcore and the hardcore people I feel like are givers, Doug. Those aren't the people that truly I have a problem with. I mean, they're out there, you're right, preaching the word like it is CrossFit. How, how do you know somebody's fire? They'll tell you. Right. People say that about pilots, too. If you go to the economy conference, I mean, those are the people you're around or the people that are so excited about it that they want to tell people. I just run into, I just run into these other people 
that are like, how do I just get a little bit more? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, and ESI money, by the way, to kind of let off the gas on this blogger, takes this in, in an interesting way, does talk more philosophically about what people do. And he says that philosophically, people have trouble transitioning. They have trouble letting go of their careers and uh, making that, you know, I have trouble with that on a vacation. I do. I get to, you know, it takes me three days to to check out and actually be wherever I am. I know. I get yelled at when I remind you to stay off email. <laughs> Joe, you're on free days. You're supposed to not check your email. I'll check my God, email when I want. <laughs> they find it hard to stop saving and start spending, you know, uh, a lifetime saver is not going to. Oh, no, this is 100% true. Yes. Yeah, this, this is 100% true. If you're a really good saver... It's very difficult to transition to be a really good spender. But the third one here, I do not agree with. They find it hard to leave growth investing means all the stuff that we that we talked about earlier on. Well, there's this myth. I mean, this is also sold by all of the target date funds, right? The myth is you have a date in the future. Your financial plan should grow conserv- more conservative until this date. And then you're now in this conservative thing right? Like that's the, that's the plan that all the target date funds have. If you want to retire in 2040, the 2040 fund expires you on 2040. Well, that's supposed to be, you know, when you're 60 or when you're 65, what do you do for the next 35 years? There's this, I, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I find this super fascinating. You know, we have all this data about Warren Buffett, right? Like when he was 50, his net worth was $60 million and now it's a hundred billion, you know, time and all this other sort of stuff. But the one thing I found was really interesting, and I've been starting to look at this with clients, he stopped his Coca-Cola investing in 1994. He had invested into Coke, you know, over the years, and his last investment was in 94. And the total amount of money that he had invested in Coke was $1.3 billion. I think this is what the Wall Street Journal article said. Last year, he got $700 million of dividends from his Coca-Cola shares. So in one year, he got half of his cost out in dividends. Now, of course, the shares have appreciated and all this other sort of stuff. That's also happened. But I would be curious if you wanted a little side project on your own, go look 10 years ago at your investment account and look and see how much money you had. And now look this past year and see how, you know, assuming that you've been contributing to your portfolio and it's been growing and stuff like that, go look at your dividends from 2022. And how do your dividends in 2022 compare to the total amount of money you had in 2012? And I bet for a lot of us, it's a profoundly bigger number. You had 100 grand in 2012. Today, you have 800,000. And your dividends last year were 20 grand. So you're earning 20% of your cost basis from 10 years ago in cash today. You need to have that continue throughout retirement when you're 65 and when you're 70 and you're 80 and so on and so forth. And then think about all the compounding that, that, that happens with that. You can get to a point where your dividend payout is more than your income that you need. Why would you want to let off the gas? Time for our TikTok minute. This is the part of the show where we take a serious look at somebody creating some brilliance or air quotes brilliance on social media. I, I have a question. Yes. Is this applicable for people in Montana? Oh, what? Do we have to put an asterisk? This Do is, we get by the this law? This is the TikTok minute. Do we get by yeah. the law? Oh. Can we read you TikTok if you're in Montana? Can we just read you what TikTok or is? Do we have to ask them for earmuffs? Earmuffs, Montanians. Earmuffs. 
Asterisk. This is for everyone except people in Montana. We do not want to get in trouble by the law. So Montanians, Montananians. 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 Yes. You're going to need to go forward maybe about a minute. I like earmuffs better. For this one. But um, OG, is this uh, brilliance or uh, air quotes brilliance? I will never say brilliance on TikTok. So So disappointing. Because I think that this, uh, this is a podcaster who uses the logic that, you know, we talked about the logical approach that the dude with life insurance used uh, last week, you know, just take $30,000, yeah. put it in life insurance policy. Yeah, just get this a car. Is, this is uh, every podcaster making logical arguments. Can I blow your mind real quick? Okay, so the word dinosaur comes from two Greek words, okay? Denos, which means terrible, and saros, which means lizard. Okay? Now, dinosaurs lived hundreds of millions of years ago, apparently. And the Greek language is only 5,000 years old. Let that sink in. So either there were Greek people around 100 million years ago, or, or there were dinosaurs 5,000 years ago. And if you want to go down this rabbit and you can look this up, if you want to go down this rabbit hole with me, you start to ask questions like... Well, how did they build the pyramids? How did they move giant rocks through the desert? Solves a lot of a lot yeah. of problems in our mind. Obviously with dinosaurs. Have you seen how Ta, big a pterodactyl of is? Of course. Because, yeah, Lord knows there couldn't have been a thing without a present day name for that thing. Like, did we look at hieroglyphics? Because those were that was around. And maybe there were dinosaurs 5,000 years ago. How the hell would we know? That argument... Stackers feels the same to me as so you solve it with life insurance. <laughs> That's how you do it. You take the money, put it in a life insurance policy, and all of a sudden you're skipping to work every day. And that's how the pyramids were built. <laughs> with life insurance. Cash value life insurance. With the commissions from life insurance is how they were built. The pharaoh, the pharaoh took... That's, the old pharaohs were just door-to-door life insurance salesmen. Just, you need some life insurance. What happened is I found out that those pyramids when I was in Egypt were plated in gold at one point and all that was, of course, robbed and, you know, uh, over the years. But what people don't know is that top, that top little pointy part, OG, right at the top, there was a sign that said Trans-American Life. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you think their building is shaped like that in San Fran? That's exactly why. The only surviving one. It is. Yes. Sponsored by. And the dinosaurs, dinosaurs helped create all that. It's incredible. You just wrote it while I was hanging onto that little pyramid part and you dropped it like Avatar. It's like yeah. Avatar. Yeah. Those big flying things in Avatar. Exactly. Because that movie looks real, so it, it probably is. Was at one point. Uh, hey, we will link to this if you want If you want to watch that video. <laughs> Not sure why you'd want to, but... That guy's just hilarious. For everybody um, except people in Montana. Thank you, by the way, Tina, for sending us that TikTok. If you've got a TikTok minute, send it to joe at stackybenjamins.com. And if you want to dive deeper into this discussion about how much you need in assets to actually get where you want to go and what your number might be, and maybe thinking bigger about your overall financial plan, we have a great newsletter comes out the day after our shows, Tuesdays and Thursdays, called the 201, stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. And it begins with a pretty cool list of statistics at the top. 
which tells a bunch of little stories on its own. And we go through many of the same stories we talk about, but with deep dives into whatever you're interested from the show. StackyBenjamins.com slash 201. Coming up next, man, if you're somebody that thinks that uh, on a day when we hear all kinds of stories of courage over the years, all kinds of stories of people going above and beyond and doing things they didn't think they could do, really in the scope of all of that, saying that you think you can run a marathon doesn't seem that big. However, when you're told that if you run a marathon, you are going to die and that you can't do it, and then you do, this guy is so inspirational to me and I know to a lot of people, whether you're a runner, not a runner, we're all running a race called life. And if you think you can't do it, Martinez Evans is a guy who who can. We interviewed him live at an event on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to play that for you right after Doug's trivia. Doug, what do you got for us on this holiday weekend? Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And in honor of Memorial Day, let's share a historic moment on this day in history. <laughs> Not talking about the time I whooped down eight hot dogs at the neighborhood cookout, although that was so epic. The World War II Memorial was dedicated in 2004. If you've been there, you know how expensive this memorial would have been to build right in the middle of Washington, D.C. And there was no funding for the project. After a phone call from Senator Bob Dole to a big-time Hollywood celebrity, this actor used their influence to call on the country to send money to fund the memorial. So my question is, what big-name celebrity was instrumental in the fundraising efforts for the memorial? I'll be right back after I change into my bald eagle shirt and start blaring living in America out the El Camino. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because... Well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. 
Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hey there, stackers. I'm freedom lover and flag flyer, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And today we're remembering those who died while serving in the military. My trivia is about the moment in history when the World War II memorial was dedicated. An actor and the national spokesman for the memorial campaign was integral in finding the funds to make the design a reality. So who was the big name celebrity that helped solidify the fundraising efforts? Tom Hanks was the actor that put his celebrity power into fundraising for the monument. And now, prepare to be inspired to begin the journey to a better you by Martinez Evans. There he is. Uh, <laughs> Man, how are you? I'm doing well. What about yourself? Dude, you are a guy I've wanted to talk to for so long. Let's let's start off with this. I want to start off with, with some of the ground rules because one of the things I love about your book and about your brand, this is not a weight loss journey. You are not it's Richard not. Simmons. This is not a <laughs> this is not a weight loss. This is a running thing. Absolutely. There's no weight loss journey in that. I love how you define that over and over. Like, yeah, who cares how much, but you know, if I lost weight, if I didn't, you actually said you did on your interview with uh, the New York post, but I'm not going to go mm -hmm. into that at all. Second thing is you're going to use the F word. You're going to yes. use that. Can, can, can we give everybody that disclaimer? Cause you might trigger some people, Martinez. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> You're ready. Well, I don't mean that F word. I mean the one you talk about in the book. Fat. You're going to say the word fat. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Because you use the word fat a lot. And I know when we were even talking about someone for our show, she told us, she goes, hey, you used my fat photo. And and I wrote that. And so it goes, whoa, 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 you don't say that. Like, you don't say that. But you say it all the time. How come? Um, because, man, as a fat individual, I want to take back that word and make it as common as saying, hey, Joe, you got a great beard. Well, thank you. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get to you is what I'm trying to get to. Yes. But, you know, like yes. you saying, like, you're gray, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, he's gray. <laughs> no, you know, and, and that's the same thing with fat, right? I, I want to be able for individuals to say this word and know it's just a descriptor of a person, but it has no moral value to who that person is and what that person do. It's just a descriptor. I absolutely love that and a hundred percent agree. And I get tired of all the definition police as well. Hey, <laughs> Hey, let's jump into this and talk about where your journey started for our stackers who don't know this all started in a doctor's office. Tell me what happened in your doctor's office back in what? 2012, 2012. So just to even take it a step back. I was working at men's warehouse at the time on my feet, eight to 12 hours a day and hard bottom dress shoes. Ouch. Want to just put that out there. I went to a doctor to figure out what was going on with my hip. Cause I was having some hip issues on my feet this long and these hard bottom dress shoes. 
Sure. Never met this doctor a day in my life. This is my first time meeting him. And as I'm telling the doctor, like, hey, I play football. Uh, you know, I'm on my feet all day. I'm having a fit pain. What can we do? He looks at me and says, um, I know what's wrong with you. Okay, what's wrong? You haven't put a stethoscope on me. You ain't touched my leg, no nothing. And he's like, you're fat. And he's like, you have two options. You need to lose weight or die. Joe, I'm the type of guy where you're just not going to talk to me any type of way. But also, <laughs> like, I'm here for my hip. Like, I know we're all going to die one day. But, like, I'm here for my hip. What can we do about my hip? But he had this whole another agenda of just calling me fat, telling me I need to start walking, losing weight, and all this other stuff. And I got fed up with him. And I said, screw you and screw all of this. I'm going to run a marathon. And he laughs at me and tells me that's the most stupidest thing he heard in all of his He laughs at America. you. He laughs, laughs at, at you. me. Yes. Ha, 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 ha. Super laugh. And tells me, like, that's stupid. And I'm stupid for thinking about that. And long story short, like, instead of putting hands on this man, like I wanted to, yeah. I, I stormed out the doctor's office. And I went to go buy running shoes. And I started my journey that, that day. That's such a powerful journey. And by the way, your journey does not get easier. I mean, no, and I love how you put up there, you know, because everybody feels some shame when they start something new. We we see it all the time with money, which is why I wanted to have you on. People are like, I don't know anything. I don't know all the terms. I don't know what's going on. I feel like it's the same when people start off any journey. But talk about your first run. So you go and you buy some running shoes and your mm -hmm. first run. This is this is horrible. But I was cracking up. And the reason I was cracking up about your first run is not that it's funny. It's that you can laugh about it now, right? Like you lived yeah. through this. But let's talk about you go for this first run on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I get home with the brand new shoes on and I go into the fitness center. There's three treadmills. And the only one that's available is inconveniently sandwiched between two gazelles of course. running on the treadmill. Of course. So I get on the treadmill. I'm sizing these guys up. One's going like 10. Another's going nine. And I thought to myself, I can at least go seven, right? I get on the treadmill. I put it on seven. And 15 seconds later, when my body hit that ground, because it fell, like I literally fell off the treadmill, the noise that it made <laughs> was loud AF. <laughs> I quickly get up, I gather myself, I look at the timer, and it was only 15 seconds. So I go home, tears in my face. I can't believe your embarrassment. I was reading this, Martinez, I was reading this, I'm like, I would have never gone back. Like, great yeah. for you going back, because I would have been like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> I know, right? But that's the thing, right? Like, sometimes you have a calling, and the universe God, your God, Buddha, whoever that you look up to has a calling for you. And for me, that calling came in a tattoo that I gotten when I was probably way too young. So as I reached to get the doorknob to open the door to come home, it hit me. The tattoo I have on my right wrist says no struggle, no progress, which is a shout out to the 1857 speech of Frederick Douglass um, that goes like, you know, there's no progress without struggle, right? And he talks about in this speech how people want crops without plowing up the land. They want the rain without its thunder and lightning. They, they want the ocean without its loud roar. And he goes in the speech that says, like, you know, the struggle may be a, a physical one, a mental one, or a moral one, but there needs to be some type of struggle 
in order to have a progress. So for me, I knew what I had to do. I had to go through the struggle, man. Well, and I don't want to pile on, but that's not the only time. I mean, your whole journey, you write about early in your book, you were in Detroit, which is, which was my hometown for a long time. You were in Detroit. I, I, I think a Detroit is a really nice town. And there was a dude in Detroit who was nasty to you. The, the guy in the sag wagon keeps telling you to get mm-hmm. in. And that just doesn't seem like runners doing like running community, I think is a very nice community, a supportive community of people. But a lot of these people were just mean to you along the way, I feel like. Yeah, you, you know, I don't want to play the victim role, but I've, I've met a lot of people while running in this larger body, right? It's one of those things where, when you are a person of size or a fat person, right? People see you as the problem. So if I'm complaining like, yo, I ran this race, I paid my money, and I'm not getting the same, treated the same way. You'll get people that's like, oh, shut up, fatty. Like, you just need to lose weight and get that. That's incredible. And Yeah. And I'm like, but I paid my green money. Like, <laughs> I didn't know, even though I'm fat, like, my money is less value than somebody else who's faster than me. Right. My money's less as fat as your money is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, those are the experiences that I, I have had as a, um, as a fat man. Well, well, let's start where you start. You start that running is 90% up here. For people not with us on Instagram, I'm pointing at my head, people listening to the podcast later, it's 90% mental. So let's start there. How do you get yourself out there, especially for beginners out there? Because you know what a struggle that is every day to get this journey running. What, what did you say to yourself to get yourself moving? You know, one of the things I say to myself, and I say to a lot of people that I'm coaching is that you have to do this when you're not feeling good. You know, motivation is fickle. Motivation leaves at the first sign of adversity. Motivation is gone. So if you're waiting on motivation, you're just going to be waiting forever. You have to start even when you're feeling bad. So what I tell people is this, like, how can we lower the barrier entry to getting there? Do you have running clothes? All right, when time you want to run? You want to run tomorrow? Go to sleep with your running clothes on. So you have no excuse. You can't be like, oh, I'm looking for running clothes. I can't find them. Oh, I just spent two hours looking for some shorts. I no, still I today, I still today, <laughs> because I know myself in the morning and I will quit and I'm a slow runner. Uh, by the way, I got a good friend who you'd love Martinez who told me, she goes, I asked her how fast she was going to run. She goes, honey, I'm built for comfort, not speed. <laughs> She's like, I don't care about speed. I care about comfort. And she runs right. all the time, but I have to set out my running clothes and put it right at the end of my bed or I don't get up. I love the idea of, of just putting them on and sleeping in them. Put them on, go to sleep in them. Um, so that way you have no excuse. We have to take away all the barriers for us to have an excuse not to do it or for us to procrastinate to not do it. Cause that's what we like to do. Our mind is built for us to not experience discomfort or pain. So with running, physical activity, dealing with money, you know, when it's something new, we're going to have some sort of discomfort. And one of the things we really need to understand and learn is the difference between discomfort and pain. And our body is just going to assume that both of them are the same and, and, and try to figure out ways to get out of that. So what we have to do is understand that, okay, like our mind is telling this stuff because they don't want us to feel this discomfort. But we know if we do this, we're going to feel better on the other side of the hill. I want to quote you from your new book. 
You write, take it from me. I finished last during races. I've been pulled off courses for being too slow. And I'm here to tell you that nobody died. The world didn't end. And I was able to continue to run races. How many marathons have you finished so far? I've ran eight marathons. That's fantastic. And you said you've also done just thousands of other distances. Yeah, just, you know, hundreds of other races, tons of half marathons, 10Ks, 5Ks. I was super inspired by the talk about your first 5K. You go, speaking about slow AF running group, I bet you Mm. were nervous AF as you go out to that first (laughs) 5K. Tell me the story of your first 5K, because this is, this to me inspired the hell out of me. Yeah, so I, I, I signed up for the 5K. And I get there and there's hundreds of people there, like people asking me questions. I got on this bright outfit. I don't know why, but I got this bright orange outfit on. So people are asking me questions, things of that sort. So we sign up, we we line up for the race and I, I go back way back. I go way back in the race where there's like moms with strollers <laughs> and like golden retrievers attached to their hip. <laughs> like I thought a mom with a stroller and a golden retriever was going to run faster than me. Right. And, and, and you wrote nothing, <laughs> nothing against the mom with the stroller. She's fine. <laughs> right. It was about me and what I thought I could do. And then the gun went off. And next thing you know, I'm thinking to myself, dang, like these moms and strollers are in my way. So I started passing them. I started passing the people are walking. I started passing like people who are actually running. And that's what it hit me, you know, I, I, I can do this and I am a runner and the world needs to know that I'm a runner. That's one of the things I to tell people is that if you've done the training and you, you've been in an arena, you have the right to call yourself a runner, an athlete or whatever it is, because you're in the arena um, doing what you need to do and actually competing. Over the years, there've been so many people I've talked to that have said, well, I'm not an investor. I'm not an investor. I'm like, if you have a 401k, well, yeah. Well, you're an investor. Guess what? Yeah. You are They're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, well, you're doing it. <laughs> it's just, I love how you talk about owning it. And in fact, you've got this great list of affirmations that you tell yourself. I want to walk through them. And it starts with the Frederick Douglass one that you already mentioned. No struggle, no progress. But some of these are just awesome. I'll run if I have to run by myself. Like just knowing it's just you against you. I love that. I got this. Every day I'm shuffling and I'm thinking every day I'm shuffling, shuffling, uh, your race, your pace, you can do hard things, slow, but show one step at a time. My favorite, I think is I love Hills. Like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got some others that your, uh, slow AF run club gave you bad bitches. Don't stop focus on the mile you're in. I like that one. This is hard, but I can do hard things. I got to imagine even still today after, all the thousands of races you've run, you still have to use those affirmations all the time. Absolutely. That's the thing that people don't understand. Like this don't get easier. You just uh, have a higher tolerance for it. Well, let's walk into, into the next step. Now that I, I think everybody's on board with the metal piece. Now, when you start off and you go out and you start running, let's talk about training and getting used to running. You begin with a couple things. What I want to introduce people is the idea of pace and then mm-hmm. of intervals. So let's talk about pace. If somebody's brand new to the running world, how do they decide what the right pace should be? Um, there's this notion called conversation pace. And this is the, the notion that you are running at a speed so that you could have a conversation with a friend. 
this is what most of our running is at, is at this speed, right? When most people think about running and it's like, hey, go for a run. You think of like Usain Bolt. Like I'm going to run as fast as I can. And then I, I run out of energy 20 seconds later. And then like you're defeated because it's like, how can I not run faster than that? No, that's that's not the case. When you're running for long distance, when you're running for comfort, that's right. not for speed, you run at a conversational pace. Is this the same thing as you you call sexy pace? What's sexy pace? Yeah, sexy pace is the same thing. So if you if you don't have anybody to talk to, think you're running in Baywatch and, and think that. <laughs> have that have that Baywatch music going in your head. I got to tell you, I didn't think I was a guy who didn't think I could do marathons. And my wife actually introduced me to this thing called the Galloway method, which I think is mm -hmm. the same thing as these intervals. But talk about this, because this made me able to run a hell of a lot longer than I thought I actually ever could. Yeah. Intervals is a game changer. So here's the thing, Joe. When we are all running, none of us are running to like compete and win championships and prize money and things of that sort, right? So if that's not the case, then why are we holding ourselves to this high standard that we need to run like these professional athletes, right? So let's add a walk break again, right? And sometimes it's a time, but also it can be a milestone or a landmark. You know, one of the, one of the things I tell people is that, hey, run to the next light pole, right? And then walk two light poles or run to the first 500 you see and then walk two of them, right? Just to, to be able to do that and then slowly build upon that that work and that progress is something that we all can do. We can also run longer because of that, and we're not burning ourselves out. And then more or less, like, it's more enjoyable. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to add is that if it's already in the plan, there's no need to feel bad for yourself if you have a walking break. So, like, that's the other thing. Like, when I talk to a lot of people... They're like, yeah, I started running for about 30 or so seconds and then I got tired and I started walking and then, and then I felt defeated. And then my thing is, well, what if it told you to walk for 30 seconds? And then in their head, it's like, well, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm accomplishing or following the rules. So like that makes me feel better about myself. And then at that point, I just tell them, well, let's just add that into the plan. Then. Let's just change the rules. <laughs> Let's change the rules. <laughs> well, and this is a big point that you draw, which is track your time out there, not mm -hmm. the distance that you run. I think for beginners, this is a great place to start too, because it's. I think it's about effort and just being out in the weather doing your thing. Absolutely. You know, I know distance is a big thing, right? Because like you, you think about the races, marathon, half marathon, 5K, 10K. But when you're just getting started, like you just need something to hold on to to make you feel happy and proud about yourself. So when I got started running, like I was celebrating that I ran for 35 minutes. Though I probably only ran a, a mile and a half or a mile. Like I looked at the bigger number. I ran for 35 minutes. Right. You know, I ran for 60 minutes. No far however I ran. Like I just started to choose the, the larger number and celebrated that. You talk about some problems are going to get in the way. In fact, uh, there was another time when I laughed during your book. You write in your book, my legs were rubbing and slapping together. You couldn't figure out what was going on, producing enough heat and friction to start a forest fire. 
you you had a monster in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I'm not talking about the monster most people are thinking of. Every runner goes through this. This is kind of dangerous. <laughs> As a plus size runner, as a fat runner, like we got jiggles that jiggle. We got pieces that jiggle, right? And I think one of the things that I just want people to know is that you can protect yourself. And there's things and tools out there so that you can make running a lot more easeful. If you ever seen a marathon race, you'll see men that are wearing singlets and like you'll see two red dots near their chest and then like the, the dots start to fade towards the bottom. That is called a bloody nipple. And that's from all of the friction between the running and the fabric. So for anybody who's listening and interested in becoming a runner, here's what I got to tell you. There is lube out there. There is stuff called body glide or other types of run lube that you can put on your bits so that when you start running and they start to rub together, you won't start a force fire. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh Body Glide, I feel like I should have owned part of the company. I feel like I've used so much Body Glide over the years. <laughs> but let's talk about the rest of it because people want to have the right gear. What's the most mm -hmm. important piece of gear? I suppose it's your shoes. Absolutely. Definitely running shoes. You know, most people, when they start running, they pick the first thing they, they see in the house. And it's usually their old beaten up shoes that got more than 12,000 miles on it. And as you start to run, one of the things you have to realize is that Running is a repetitive movement. If you're just getting off the couch, you're, you're going to have muscles that have not worked out in a while. And by having bad shoes, uh, that's not going to do anything but aggravate that more. So definitely shoes. And uh, shout out to the person in, in the comments, not cotton socks. No cotton I would socks. Say that's a, that, that is the second thing. Because if you think you're going to have a monster in your pants, <laughs> think about the, the blisters on your feet. <laughs> It's going to be bad. Uh, what's the key to choosing a right running shoe for somebody who's new? Try your best to go to a local specialty running shoe store and say these two words, gait analysis. Gait analysis. Gait analysis. If you go into a running shoe store and you say those two words to an associate, they look at you like you got three heads growing out the side of your neck. That is not the store you want to be at. So a gain analysis, they, they do a lot of things, right? They check your feet. They, they see how you walk. They look at the, the wear and tear that you have on your current shoes. And that way they can help suggest the right shoes for you. So that would say, like, that's the first step. If you do that, like, you'll be good to go. Some other tips that you give in the book, by the way, you call this part of the book, finding your soulmate, S-O-L-E, but I, I need the, the ba-dum-chump with that. But I love these tips. Buy shoes at the end of the day. Why do we want to buy shoes at the end of the day instead of the beginning? Because your feet is the most swollen by the end of the day, because you've already been on them, you've been walking, everything. Um, you want to buy your shoes at the end of the day. And your feet will swell during the race, I guess is what yes. you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. And then second, this is a big one because as you know, being a, being a financial brand, people are worried about this. More expensive does not necessarily mean better. Tell me about that. Bingo. That's a big thing is that more expensive, the price of the, of the dollar that you spend on your shoes, that's not mean it's a better shoe for you or it's the best shoe for you, especially in this advent where we have super shoes out here. 
So I don't know if you even know about this, you know, like when you got shoes, I got carbon fiber plates in here. It's meant to be like racing and, and like for super elite athletes. You do not need to spend $300 on a carbon fiber <laughs> shoe. Just don't do it. <laughs> I can imagine people though that think, Hey, if I spend more money, this means I'm going to no. the key is to get up and get your ass out there every day. Bingo. Yeah. That is the key. When do we get rid of shoes? How do we know it's time for a new pair? So they say anywhere between three to 500 miles, you can replace shoes. As a larger individual, it, it can be somewhere around one to 300 miles, right? What I usually tell people, if you don't want to think about that, is that if you're running and like your legs are starting to feel uh, a little bit more tired or, you know, um, you just overall just feeling more tired in the run and nothing else has changed, it might be time to change your shoes. I love talking about people tracking their spending. You tell people to keep a very congruently, keep a running journal. Why do we yes. want to keep a journal of our running? Just like we're tracking your spending, right? Like if, if you're not tracking anything, then how are you supposed to know where you're going or where you came from? You know, you only track things that matter, but you want to make sure you're tracking the stuff. So A, you know how far you're going. And then if you ever feel like you're discouraged, you can go back and look at the how much progress you've gained since you started. I've had to go back and look at mine countless times because you just, you get in this funk and you're like, my training's going nowhere. I'm doing nothing. You know, yeah. it can be frustrating. Let's talk about this before we go. I want to talk about nutrition for a second. You, you mm -hmm. dive into nutrition. What's different for a runner eating wise than for the average person? So the main thing is carbs. In this day and age where like diets are all over the place, right? Like you're a bad person if you a pescatarian or a paleo, all this other stuff. Even carbs, like people are like, oh, no, I can't have no carbs. Like, it's going to make you fat. And it's like, no, it don't make you fat. But as a runner, you want to definitely prioritize carbs when you are um, in the training cycles. A, carbs hold on to water. So that way, um, when you're running, you won't get dehydrated as quickly because you actually have carbs holding onto that water. And as you run, your body are able to process that and get that water out of there. Well, and you in a situation one day where you seriously passed out and people were worried about you. Yeah, absolutely. So like, that's the second thing is that if you really don't believe me, like I've had times where things got scary because I did not eat and did not properly fuel and having to call my wife and say, Hey, come get me, please, because I am on this stump, I'm on the side of this road, and I don't think I can make it home. What about hydration, water or sports drinks? Both. Both. You need both of them. You need a mixture of them. And I say that is because, like, having too much sports drink can also dehydrate you as well because oh. you got a, a ton more salt and your body can't process that salt. So you want to have a mixture of both. And the same thing with water, right, is that if you have too much water, and not enough salt, you can also get sick. And there's this uh, thing called like hypernatria, uh, which pretty much means that you don't have enough salt in your body. Or water poisoning. I don't know if you ever heard of that that time, right? Yeah. Uh, that's when you drink too much water and it, it doesn't have any other substance in it. And your body can't process it anymore. There are times in your life, I know that I've had injuries, you've had injuries, but you had a period that you talked about on a recent interview where you got in a car accident and you'd realize that running had defined a lot of your life. Talk to me for a second about getting back on the horse about 
keeping things in perspective, because I think this is a probably a great place for us to end, Martinez. Joe, your mind will pay all types of tricks on you. So getting back on a horse, whenever you have fallen off of it, is something that we all need to do. We need to do it, and we need to do it as quickly as possible. Um, and the reason why is because if not, we start to build up fear. We start to question ourselves. We start to delay or like hesitate. And in that hesitation, that's where you can potentially get hurt more. So we need to make sure that we're getting back on the horse and we're being cognizant of why we actually did this and why we are even on the horse in the first place. The book is the Slow AF Run Club, the ultimate guide for anyone who wants to run. Anyone, I think, being the absolute keyword, and it's uh, it's available everywhere. Absolutely. Thank you so much for helping so many of our stackers. The parallels are so many, and I feel like money, a lot of the time it is 90% of the game, just like it is running. Absolutely. It is. It's all mental. Hey, this is Joe Crane, host of Veteran on the Move podcast. And when I'm not helping veterans transition to entrepreneurship, I'm stacking Benjamins. Huge thanks to Martinez Evans. Ah, Man, if I you're see what you did there. You sure that was the word choice you wanted to use, Joe? <laughs> I, should, I should just go where Martinez went. Big fat praise <laughs> to Martinez Evans. I love how he's like, hey, man, I'm going to own that word. I'm going to own that word. Oh, gee, how many times, like we talked about, Martinez and I, have people said, I'm not an investor. And you're like, you have a 401k. You are an investor. Mm-hmm. You know, own it. You are an investor. Like, it's not it's not like rocket science. I mean, Martinez is like, hey, I can be a runner. You can be a runner. I can be an investor. You can be an investor. I don't Just... think I can be a runner. But <laughs> thanks for the motivation. Like, and, Mine is more no. willpower, though. Maybe on social media around this, I will... Uh, show people a back and forth between Paula Pant and I when she was late for a recording session and she's like, so you do this for fun? <laughs> like you, you actually, it's like I ran a block and I never want to do that again. <laughs> it's just, it's horrible. I ran a block to get an eclair and still hated it. <laughs> Martina's doing it on purpose. And what a great guide. By the way, if you're somebody interested in beginning that journey, what a great guide he's got. Hey, uh, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, OG, they put what you value first. Mm. You value hot dogs. You value... Yeah, I, can, uh, I, can, I can wolf down a hot dog. Time in the park. Scarf down. Man, that's what, that's what I... <laughs> Scarf down a hot dog. Can I say that? Oh, that's not the etymology of Oh, I'm the sorry. Word. Scarf down a hot dog. Is that Would that mm. be the right... Uh-huh. Should I scarf it down? Is that what I'm doing? Scoff, scoff it down. Just take, just make everything two O's and an F. Scoff it down. For everyone playing the at home game, we are just pouring salt in each other's wounds. <laughs> We're having today. this knockdown, drag out argument over: is it you woofed down hot dogs or wolfed down hot dogs? And OG thinks he just slammed the door shut on Joe and I. Be Joe and me, because we think it's okay to woof down a hot dog. Discuss in the basement, please. Yes. Uh, anyway, totally it's uh, your loved one, ones in huh? your time. <laughs> it's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. You go to stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life now for a free quote. I, what I love at Haven Life is they're not arguing over the little things. They're really focused <laughs> on the, the big stuff. Get your life insurance in order. Get, an instant get your cover, insurance protection. Instant coverage so decision. When your business partner mows you down in a car. <laughs> 
because he's so mad at you. Am I the beneficiary? Or if you're mom and dad, can I be the beneficiary? Beneficiary. I'm trying to see how many words I can mispronounce now just to see if we can keep this thing going. StackyBenjamins.com slash Haven Life. It's where you go. Get that done. Get it done today. Uh, today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to our old friend, man. Old friend John is here. John from Seattle. Hey, John. Hey, Joe and OG. This is John in Coeur d'Alene. I have a follow-up question about Burton's question a few weeks ago about Doug's mom. My wife and I max out our Roth IRAs every year. We have automatic investing set up to contribute twice a month to each account throughout the year. But now that we're through tax season, based on our AGI from last year, we can reasonably expect that our AGI next year is going to put us over the Roth contribution limits for married couples. I've got a traditional IRA where I've rolled out previous 401ks from other employers, and I've confirmed with my current employer that I can roll that into my current 401k. That's going to help me avoid the pro rata rule of IRAs. And I understand that going forward, I'm going to have and myself contribute to them all year and then do a Doug's mom conversion on them at the end of the year. But it's now mid-April, and I have three and a half months of automatic contributions to Roth IRAs that we shouldn't be allowed to have. What do I need to do to back those investments out so that we're not in trouble at the end of the year? Is there a simple form for that? Do I just call our custodian and explain it? Or is it something more complicated? Thanks. Thanks, John. I, I have to say, when, when you get lost in your own joke, like I'm lost in our joke, I had no idea what the hell he's talking about. I saw Doug's like hackles come up when he starts talking about his mom. And then I remembered that a few weeks ago, I'm the one that complained that uh, mega backdoor <laughs> is just a horrible term and we had to have a new name for it. And the new name in the spirit of today's show, of course, of us just nipping at each other was uh, Doug's mom. So I, I, I had no idea, John, what you were talking about till halfway through. So now I got to let everybody else in. If you missed that episode, if he's going to try to Doug's mom, yeah. his Roth, he's got this uh, mega backdoor Roth IRA. Yeah. OG fixed it. Yes. Uh, OG. It is a better name, though. It, it, it totally is, John. It's, it's a better name. We just got to continue to remind people. OG, uh, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that I'm going to trademark that. <laughs> Thinking, because you think we created some ridiculousness <laughs> oh, that we God. can't get out of now. Oh yeah. Just like always people ask me about the podcast a lot. And I say, be careful what you say. Cause it sticks sometimes dangerous. Right. So very simply, if you contribute too much to an IRA, whether it's a Roth or a traditional IRA, cause sometimes people do that. Um, you have to do an excess removal. So you have to take out the part that's in excess each custodian has their own way of doing that. So yeah, you'll contact your custodian, tell them you need to do an excess removal. And uh, some of them will help you with the math. Most won't. And uh, basically, you need to figure out how much each one of those contributions has gained or lost, if they lost money, but the gain is the more important one. Each one of those contributions have gained over the year that uh, or over the time period since you put it in. You have to take your contribution out plus the gain you report that to the custodian who then issues you a 1099 at the end of the year for uh, taxes on the gain. And then you put that money back in your uh, brokerage account. Uh, so not super painful, but you don't want to wait till the end of the year. And what we recommend for people that are really close to that threshold of, of am I going to be able to contribute the full amount or partial amounts, you know, based on our income, we don't know what it's going to look like if there's a bonus at the end of the year or something. The best way to deal with that is save it or invest the money you would normally do it into a brokerage account, or if you want to just put it in cash, that's fine too. Keep the habit going in terms of saving and investing. 
And then when your CPA says in April, you can contribute 3,100 bucks based on your income to the Roth. You've got it ready to deploy and get, get, uh, get transferred over to the Roth. You don't, you're not kind of scrambling for it, but you're already in the habit of saving, you know, $500 a month for, for your Roth contribution, then uh, just keep doing it. Just put it in a different account. And if you have the opportunity at the end of the year to, uh, to put some in there, so be it. But the excess con- uh, contribution amount, you want to do take care of that sooner than later because obviously every dollar that uh, stays in there or goes in there, you have the opportunity for that to grow and then there's more taxes and harder calculations there. So just get it over with now. John, great to hear your voice. Uh, thank you so much for the call. And Roth on, man. Or do, do, do we say Doug's mom on? That's just... Uh-uh. No. Nope. no. Uh-uh. We don't. We... we- <laughs> It's like, nope. StackyBenjamins.com slash voicemail gets you to our Haven Lifeline where you can ask OG your question and uh, he can give you a succinct answer like he just did. And by the way, if you want that in writing, you will have it. You will have it in our 201 newsletter where uh, Kevin Bailey dives into it again, uh, full of links that uh, dive deeper into what OG's talking about here. Uh, John never asked for a shirt. Oh, but we so, still send him one. We know where John lives. We just send him one. So there we go. Can he get one of these? A Doug 2024 shirt. He is, for people on our YouTube channel, you can see Doug uh, over in the announcer bay with his 2024 shirt on. We haven't declared yet, though, Doug, so we got to be a little on the hush-hush. Well, this is this is the way I tease it, like some of those other candidates who've been like teasing it since last September. I know. I saw a video this morning with somebody saying, are you going to run for president? And the person smiled and goes, well, there might be something imminent. Yeah. Like, wow, really? Yeah. Worst kept secret in baseball right there. Stackofbenjamins.com slash voicemail. Uh, uh, I guess ours would be, too, if we have a T-shirt that we're showing up. On YouTube, Doug might be running. Might be. But the official announcement may come later. It might. All right. That's going to about do it. Time for the community calendar. You know, this week, uh, I will be on Instagram live on Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific with Miss Be Helpful herself. Yanely Espinal is joining me. And uh, man, does she have a great money story. And we're going to do an Instagram live interview with her. So if you want to hang out and say hi to somebody who's a great name in the personal finance community and uh, help me through the interview, head to our Instagram channel. If you want to check out all the channels where we are at, it's stackingbenjamins.com slash welcome. Gives you our welcome guide to all things Stacking Benjamins. If you're not here, though, to hang out with us on Instagram, you're here because you're frustrated with the results of your financial plan, or maybe you don't have a good financial plan and you realize you need better people in your corner. OG and his team are taking clients. And that means if you head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG, that's stackingbenjamins.com slash OG, That'll be a link to his calendar and you can meet with him and his team to find out how they can interface with you and your current team to make better decisions in the future. All right, that's it for today's holiday episode. Uh, Thanks so much for spending time with us today. I know that you got a lot of things going on this holiday weekend, so we definitely appreciate that you choose to spend it with us. And Doug, there's a lot we should have learned today. What do you think are the top three? Sure do, Joe. So what should we have learned today? First, take some inspiration from Martinez to find the courage to start your journey to better health. 
Second, we'll probably never know the full story with dinosaurs. Jurassic Park was full of lies. But the big lesson? I'm not a professional runner, but I can run down an ice cream truck when I need to, especially on a holiday. Thanks to the amazing Martinez Evans for joining us today. You'll find his new book on all things running, The Slow AF Run Club, wherever books are sold. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihut. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of The Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Youngkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Uh, I just realized why I always have to pee like a racehorse when we, well, really every day around this time. Around 3 a.m.? No, actually, that's gotten better. Every morning. Because he takes Prostagard. No. Because he wears a diaper. Because he wears a diaper comes now. Comes and goes. But uh, every morning I make the same amount of coffee. I usually get up extra early so I can finish all of that before I get into this kind of stuff and other things about my day. And so I'm finished with coffee, but I thought I better have a mug so that when Joe does his, his, Hey, it's Monday in the basement and we need to have a shout out. So I poured my Kirkland sparkling water into my coffee mug so that I could hold up. Oh, my chipped coffee mug and a can fills half of this mug, which means I have had the equivalent of liquid of seven cans of water before I start the show. Can't imagine why I have to pee.
No clue. This is so riveting. Kind of have to pee now. Sci- science. <laughs> science. Now that I'm talking about it. Can we do the open? running water in here? <laughs> can we do the open? really wish we could have told that story in a lot shorter words. A lot fewer what words. What is your deal? Can we do the open? Oh. Just do the open. I have to pee a lot because I drink a lot. <laughs> hey, ChatGPT, can you take Duck's intro and summarize it for me? Hey, hold on a second. <laughs> he's going to do it. He's going to take the train. He's going to go into Descript. He's going to get everything I said and then dump that into ChatGPT and say, summarize this. A man named Doug has to urinate frequently due to his excessive compulsive disorder of drinking LaCroix. Are, are, are you putting in? Because I am now. No, but I'm just, I know what it's going to say. I, I am. <laughs> I'm never going to say another thing off script again. I love our after show. Is that what this, this is? Better not be. This better not be the f-ing after show. <laughs> Drops an f bomb in there, like we can't bleep it out. <laughs> Doug on the stacking Benjamin show has to pee because he drinks too many liquids before. I think I might go pee record. right now while you guys are figuring all this technology out that is too big for you guys. Hold on. Please try and make this a funny skit. <laughs> Title, Doug's Hilarious Liquid Conundrum. <laughs> Setting, the recording studio of the Stacky Benjamin Show. Doug, the co-host, well, that's overrated, is nervously shifting in his chair. Host Joe, welcome back, folks. We have a fantastic show lined up for you today, but before we dive in, we have a small um liquid predicament to address. Our very own Doug here seems to have a bladder that rivals the Hoover Dam. <laughs> That's good. That's a good thing. I'll take it. <laughs> but if it were the Hoover Dam, you could have sat through it because the Hoover Dam blocks it. Yours is not the Hoover Dam. Yours is like the Hoover Sieve. Hmm. I've heard that uh, on ChatGPT, if you like the best way to get the best answers for stuff is to say like, you know, like if you want to build a deck, right? It's like. What would be the characteristics of a master deck builder who's completed all, you know, everything to spec and da 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 right? You write this up and it goes, oh, a master deck builder. And then you go, now you're a master deck builder. Explain to me like I'm a three-year-old how to build a deck. Hmm. And so it can take that persona. And so you say like, you're Tina, our bubbly receptionist who wants to solve everybody's problems. How would you answer this question? You know, and then it will reply in that persona as opposed to just wrote AI. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You can give it a personality, so to speak, by telling it who it is. You are Doug, ridiculous announcer figure. Co-host. They called me co-host. How would you uh, narrate and uh, narrate's a bad word. Describe your bladder problems. No. How would you open okay. in the voice of Doug? Oh, it did continue, by the way. So Doug says, hey, Joe, can we get the show on the road? I really need to pee. Joe, grinning mischievously. Oh, Doug, we can't let you off the that easily. It's time for the most epic game show ever invented, Potty Pressure. A spotlight illuminates Doug as game show music blares through the studio speakers. Joe, game show's voice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the thrilling game of Potty Pressure. Our contestant today is none other than the bladder full of surprise himself, Doug. Audience cheering and clapping enthusiastically. 
Joe, Doug, you ready for the ultimate test of bladder endurance? Doug, looking nervous? I suppose so. Can we just make it quick? Joe, oh, no, 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 my friend. <laughs> We've carefully concocted a special challenge just for you. It's called the Liquid Marathon. A stagehand rolls out a long table covered with various beverages, sodas, fruit juices, energy drinks, you name it. This this thing, this thing like loves pee. Is- <laughs> Did I just hear that I had surprises in my bladder? <laughs> <laughs> Doug, seriously, Joe, are you trying to make me explode? Joe, smirking, relax, Doug, we'll take it easy on you. Only 10 beverages to sample. The clock starts now. Drink it up, Doug. Doug takes a deep breath, chugs down the first beverage, and the stopwatch starts ticking. Mm, refreshing. What's next? Hand him another drink. Oh, my God. It goes forever. Does he finally pee himself? What happens at the end? <laughs> then it turns into an ad placement for Depends. <laughs> uh, can we end this after show? We got a cookout to get to. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.